Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast indeed. How are you today? I'm I'm alright. It's my second day back at work after two weeks off. Um, So I'm feeling quite fried and quite frazzled. It's been uh, baptism by fire, I feel going back but we move i'm uh i'm getting by are you quite well i'm okay yeah um not my second day back at work but quite this is a strange week because it's a bank holiday week and it is next week is also a bank holiday week if you're in great britain that's um, quite right i've seen yes. quite a lot of uh of signs around with Union Jack flags saying coronation of King Charles III. And I'm just looking at them like, he's not coming to your house. You don't need to put all these decorations up. He's, he's not coming over. But alas. You must swear fealty to him. Yes, I did see on the news that the uh, the British public are invited to swear an allegiance to the king on Saturday. So that's very exciting, isn't it? And will you be having coronation chicken? I will probably be avoiding everything to do with the coronation and coronation chicken on Saturday. I might uh, I might play our next game instead of uh, doing anything royalty festive. Uh, will you be partaking in some coronation chicken? No, I will not be partaking in any coronation chicken or any other coronation-related activities. You'll be watching Coronation have- Street. I was going to say that. That was going to be one of my punchlines. Uh, I robbed um, you. Yes. I will be enjoying my bank holiday Monday, but yes, I cannot say I will be partaking in monarchy activities. And there is our standing on the royal family. Yes. Um, Quite. Okay, so today... <laughs> start start from uh, the beginning. Today yes. we are here to talk about... A video game. Not, That's right. Um, the monarchy. So today we're here to talk about Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, which scored ninety three on our Metacritic list. Um, like recent week's games, this game is difficult to place because uh, it was not part of our original list. It has since entered. Yes, arrived onto the list in the year twenty twenty. In fact. Um, which goes to show how long we've been doing the podcast, because eighty-four years. Our, our list was finalised before this game came out, um, so this game would fall in the back part of the list, though. Uh, yes, and it's the Switch version that made its way onto the list. Okay, so do you have any history with Ori and the Will of the Wisps? I do not. I'd heard of it, and I'd heard pretty good things. I know that it's a sequel. Um, I, I knew that there was a game that came out, I think, in 2015, called Ori and the Blind Forest, I think. Yes, um, but I'd never played either of them. Um, no knowledge other than the fact that it looked quite pretty. So this was a, a new new one for me. What about yourself? Um, I just knew that it was an Xbox uh, published indie game. Yeah. 
I think they now own the studio that makes the, these games and it made a bit of a splash both both games did when they first came out and um, then they came out on the Switch and that was also considered to be a big deal um, obviously Microsoft games on the Switch now it's uh, not that unusual but back then it was quite novel so um, yeah so that's, that's what I know really about the games obviously um, I know it's a a 2D as you say very pretty um, game and I had played a demo of I think I played a demo of Ori and the Blind Forest um, but I was never um, convinced to buy the game in full so mm. um, here we are playing an Ori game what version did you play for the episode please I played the original uh, on the Xbox Series X I did think about getting it for the Switch um, but it was just the fact that getting it on Xbox would have been cheaper because it's on Game Pass. So that's where I played it. Played it on the Xbox on the big screen. Where did you play it? Well, you started this game before me, and um, before I started playing this game, I kind of uh, I had a, a voice message from you saying that you were struggling to get into it. And as I send you with every single game we play on this list, a lot, a lot of them. But but based on your uh, voice message, it made me think about the the platform that I wanted to play it on. Um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to play this on the big screen because I feel like I might have had a similar uh, issue that you were having. Mm. So I I I spent the money to buy it on the Switch because I thought, well, if I'm playing it in the background like I've done for a few games on the list I think I'll get more enjoyment out of it so that's what I did um, so I played it on the switch and yes it's a I will say it's a very good port on the switch it looks very nice on the switch OLED and it runs quite smoothly so uh, it's a good version do you want to uh, lay out the plot for us yeah so you play this game as a little spirit called yeah. Ori um, it's never really tied down as to what he is as such, but he's like a, a spirit slash ghost kind of thing. I think he's like a guardian forest spirit. Thing. Yeah, like a, a sprite or something like yeah. that. Um, but you have these two weird looking... Fr- it's like something out of the Gruffalo. You've got these two little friends that you live <laughs> with, and then one day a little baby owl is born, and you Ori and his two friends decide to raise this owl um, themselves and they're trying to teach it as it grows to you know fly as owls do uh, but it's got a really messed up wing so it can't fly until one day Ori realizes that um, I think that the owl's mother left like this huge feather which they tie to the owl's wing and then it can fly but they um, Ori goes with the owl and they're flying through the sky and they go into a storm, um, at which point they get separated into this uh, this forest. And the main aim of the game is to, to find the owl, be reunited and, and make it home, really. Uh, I'd say is a, a general sum up of the plot. Yeah, so there's a bit more um, to it as you, you, you go along the game. So you actually find your friend, the owl, and... There is a, a, a fight with, um, I think, I can't, can't remember what the, the creature's name is called. It's like Shriek or something like that. Um, and the owl tries to defend you and gets 
very hurt, mortally hurt. Well, not mortally hurt because she doesn't die, but she gets very non mortally hurt. hurt. Yes, correct. And then the, the plot becomes about you trying to save the owl by defeating the wisps and, um, yes, saving the owl. Um, I got to the very final level of this game, and I will probably be completing it tonight. Um, I pushed through what I found to be quite a frustrating bit last night, so I feel like um, I want to finish this now because I've got through that bit, so I want to see the end, and I reckon I'm only probably 45 minutes, uh, if that, from the end. So I will probably be completing this tonight to see what happens to our friend the owl. Um, Yes. So what do you do in this game? Can you lay out what kind of game this is and what the moments-moment gameplay is? It's it's a platformer. Um, It's all about kind of map, um, like finding different areas of the map that you can get to and platforming. Uh, As you go through the game, you unlock new abilities, uh, new combat techniques, new special skills you can use, like dashing and double jumping, um and at some point you you get another um move that lets you kind of grab onto like enemy attacks and lanterns and stuff so as you go your repertoire of skills and abilities moves forward but primarily this game is like a combat platformer i would say um would you agree with that sum up yeah so it is it is those things it's also a metroidvania um which as you say you've got this sprawling map that you can access at any time everything is interconnected yeah and certain parts of the map are locked off to you at the beginning until you unlock the relevant ability um we played metroid prime on this list it's like that format but in 2d um and it relies very heavily on you uh, as you say memorizing the map and once you unlock an ability remembering where the relevant um, door or uh, thing to unlock or thing to reach was. And that's kind of the the essentials of a Metroidvania. I've played quite a few Metroidvanias now. I recently played, I think I mentioned it before, Metroid Dread. Yes. Um, This game reminded me quite heavily of that game. So yeah, it's it's a Metroidvania. um, And with all the trimmings that go with that. So, um, on to gameplay with this game. Gameplay is king, our ever-present feature. Is Ori and the Will-O-The-Wisps fun to play? Yeah, I think so. It's it's one of those games that you have to really break the back of it to get into it, I think. But the, the gameplay is easy to pick up. There are some frustrating bits and some hard platforming sections and there are a few puzzles which might leave you scratching your head occasionally, but when you work it out, it's, it's okay. Um, overall, I'd say that it, it, it's fun. It's it's fun more than it isn't, if that makes sense. So I would say, yes. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's fun. Um, when I played Metroid Dread, I also played that game with other stuff going on in the background. Yeah. And I think when you do that with these kind of games they're they're very good for that they're kind of like um i don't know you don't need your uh, I, I, I say you don't need your full attention on them but you can kind of half watch something in the background at the same time and to me this was a game like that and some people may have played it very differently to the way that i played it um but 
I enjoyed Metroid Dread, and that was quite a challenging game at times, and I'd say for the most part I enjoyed this game. Um, there are certainly bits that had me uh, annoyed. Yeah. There are some chase sequences in the game, um, which are kind of like um, set pieces where you've got some sort of creature chasing you across the map, and some of those just to me don't entirely work they they just feel like they need a bit of fine tuning to be where they should be um and uh i was doing the worm one last night and anyone that's played this game all know what i'm talking about and some people i saw a lot of people that played uh this game up until the worm chase and just threw in the towel because it is a <laughs> quite annoying chase sequence and I was ready to do that, and I saw a tip, which was uh, th- there's a dig ability that you've got, and the, the the tendency that people have is to keep tapping the button to dig really fast, but apparently the faster you move, the quicker this thing catches up with you. So uh, the tip is to not move as quickly as you could do and control yourself through the sand that you're digging through and then aiming out the other side of it, and because of that, the creature doesn't catch up with you as quickly, and you get a bit more control. So once I learned this tip, I started to get further, and then after like two more goes, I did it. So um, yeah, I can completely understand why people did find it frustrating, because it was quite a long sequence without any checkpoints, so you're, you're booted back to the very beginning if you fail it, and yeah, it can be a bit of a test of your patience, to say the least. Um but generally, it's fun. Uh, it's most of the time fluid and very fluid. It feels nice to play. It's one of those games which, like Mario Jumping, just feels good to play. Feels good to control, Ori. Mm. Uh, not all of the abilities are as good as other ones. Um, so on to that. What's your favourite move slash ability in this game? Lightsaber. I mean, it's, it's not a lightsaber. It's the first weapon you get. Uh, but I, I feel that the, um, this, the the stick that looks like a lightsaber, I, I feel it's quite satisfying to use. Um, as well as that, I quite like the ability uh, that lets you kind of uh, fling yourself higher if you lock onto something midway through the air so you can get to a different area that maybe you wouldn't have been able to get before. I say those two are my favourite, but I think the combat's quite good in this game, um, mostly. What about you? Um, there's a move that you get later on, I think it's called Lunge, that basically allows you to fly in any direction and gives you a lot of momentum. So yeah. all those hard-to-reach areas um, from earlier in the game become a bit of a cakewalk. That's a fun one. Um, and it's, it's an example of games giving you those really powerful abilities towards the end. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, I also like the, the jumping and uh, the combat. I think generally it's quite fun. Um, but yeah, I'd go with that as my favourite move. Yeah, that's So let's talk a bit about the audio of this game. So do you want to talk to us a bit about the audio of this game? Um, to be honest with you, like the audio didn't really stand out to me. I think the standout thing in this game are the visuals. Um, I, I, I don't think I got as far as you did. I probably played about three, four hours of it. Uh, maybe a bit more, but the music didn't really stand out that much to me. 
I don't know if you disagree with that. I quite like the music. Um, I think it's sweeping and epic and uh, feels orchestral at times. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that there is a, there's an orchestral feel to it. I think a lot of the time when we play games on this list, I'll occasionally walk away with like a, a tune in my head or one of the tunes that you hear quite a lot through the game. But with this one, I didn't have that. No, I, I didn't have that either. It's not... It's not the uh, proverbial go away and listen to game. No, no. I'd, I'd say that the audio for the kind of polish that this game has was fine, but not memorable, I think. I think it fit nicely with the visuals. And I think together they kind of um, make a very nice combo. Um, yeah. At times, it wasn't as good as this game, but uh, at times it reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus' soundtrack. Okay. And that game's got a, a fantastic soundtrack. Mm. It doesn't reach the highs of that, but... There were certainly moments where um, I got vibes of that, which yeah. I think is a compliment. So yeah, of course. let's talk about the visuals of this game. Um, so any any thoughts, opinions? Um, are you a fan of the aesthetic? Yeah, I think that the look of this game is where it where it stands out the most. And I, I said to you that I can compare this game to another game that we played on the list that I don't think it's as good as, even though it feels like it's got a similar vibe, uh, which is Celeste. Yeah, and I th- see those parallels. And there's a, there are a few reasons for that. And I think with Ori, the thing that stands out the most is the look of it. The graphics are very pretty. And it made me think back to... Because I think that this is an all right, like a pretty good platformer. Um, but I think the reason that this game is on the list is because of the look of it rather than okay. the overall gameplay. And it made me think there's there's a YouTube video, there's a well there's a YouTuber, uh, she doesn't make content anymore called Lindsay Ellis, who made a video on the uh, the musical Rent. And that video is called Look Pretty and Do As Little As Possible, which goes back to um something a CDC coordinator said in the 80s in regards to the AIDS crisis, which is why it was linked to Rent. And thinking about this game made me think of that, the title to that video. Obviously, this game didn't make me think of the 1980s and the AIDS epidemic in America. But Are you sure? Well, it does harken back to that, you know, now you think about it. But, But no, it made me think back to that video and the the phrase, look pretty and do as little as possible. And that's the vibe I walk away from with Ori. Yeah, it's a fine platformer, but the thing that I feel people love about this game is the look. And the look of this game is phenomenal. It's a very, very pretty game, but graphics does not a good game make. And not that I think that this is a bad game, but I think that people might be wearing literal rose-tinted glasses when looking at this game. Um, it's a tight platformer, it works well, but when you compare it to other platforms we've played on the list, I don't think it's that standout in comparison to some of the other things that we've played. Um, but, you know, if you're playing this on a 4K machine, um, on, you know, a, a 4K TV or, or, or UHD or a Dolby, it does look phenomenal. Um, I don't, don't really have any complaints about the look of it, nor any glitches or bugs, which I heard were quite common. Um, so yeah, I'd say this game looks fantastic, but that is the main thing that it's got going for it. So if um, if I, as an outsider, or if one of our listeners, for example, hadn't played this game, how would you 
How would you describe the look of this game? It's I I, I don't I don't think there's a phrase to really describe how I feel about it, but the way that I would liken it to is a child like a child's very well illustrated storybook. Um, with all of the midnight blues, the white of Ori, the glows, it it really reminds me. I don't know what particular book of, but it reminds me of a children's storybook where there's been a lot of work on the illustration and the art in there. That is the thing that makes me think of of this game. Um, I don't know what what are your thoughts. Yeah, I think it looks fantastic and. As I said, I played it on the Switch OLED, and the, the yeah. colours just really pop, and the the blues and the oranges and even the browns and everything just is really sharp, and the greens. Uh, so this game, what it does really well, what what a lot of these two D games do is they have uh, multiple layers in the background, and this game does the layers, um, which kind of yeah. look like a pop up book, um, really well. So you've got animated backgrounds and you'll see in the distance trees really far away swaying but they still look really sharp but they look the right level of focus as in um because they're further away then they're not in as much focus as the stuff at the forefront yeah so you've got this really layered picture and you're right it is like a storybook and i would say like a pop-up book or a diorama or something yeah and um and it's very effective it's quite wistful it's quite arty and there's a there's a watercolor kind of feel to it at times it's not pixel art or anything like that it's very much feels painted and someone's drawn all this stuff by hand and animated it and put it together into this yeah. very very pretty thing um i'm glad you said what you said though um because it leads us very nicely onto our question of the week Excellent. Now, I'm going to expand the question of the week a bit. So, the question of the week is, how much do graphics slash art style add to a game? And for this game, it's art style, but we can also talk about graphics um, within this field. So, we can talk about games that are very graphically impressive and throw a lot of realism and polygons at the screen. Um, so, how much do those things influence us when we play games and make us say, oh, this is really good? maybe because there's an element of this is really pretty yeah um i don't like the the, fir- the first game that i think of when you say like a game that is graphically super impressive and people you know will will really push back onto it is um red dead 2 is last of us part 2 all games from this generation but then you could also mention games like mgs4 which came out in 2008 I think um, on the PS3 and that game still looks very good in comparison to games that are on modern machines Um, but then you think of other games where the art style is one of the big selling points and I don't think it's a game that you've played but it's a game that's in my my 15 I think I think it's on there um, is Cuphead so I have played it I played it with you and it made me very annoyed ah yes excellent so you're looking forward to that one um, 20 minutes Yes, and then you're like, no, I'm not it wasn't my cup of tea and walked away. Yes, quite. Um, but a big selling point of Cuphead is the art style, um, yes. because it is it is designed in a 1930s cartoon way. And I know that the art direction on that game took years and years and years. 
Um, I think... Look, I think if we talk about Red Dead 2, people would still be talking about how good that game is if that game still had the graphics of maybe Red Dead 1 or GTA 4 because of the amount of different stuff that, that that's included in that game. So I don't think graphics are always, you know, super important. I think The Last of Us Part 2 would have been as good as it was if it kept the same engine and graphics as um, the, the original Last of Us or The Last of Us remake that came out on the PS4. Um, so I, I don't think that they have too much to do with it. I mean, at the moment, we're both playing... I don't know if you started it yet, but we're playing Persona 4 Golden. And playing that in comparison to Persona 5 Royal, the art style is similar, but also very different and very... Yeah. Very... Um, a lot more... It's a, a lot more aged than... A lot more bare bones. Yes. But it doesn't take anything away from the game because the game and the style is still good. So I think graphics are... Compliment. They're important, but I don't think they're... You know... I don't think you need incredible graphics to make a good game. Like I said earlier, good graphics does not a good game make. Um, it's nice, and they're a nice little bonus, a nice little extra, but I don't think they are the be-all and end-all, you know? Well, here's a question then. Does a game, to be considered a great game, need to have good graphics, a good art style, um punchy pixel art or anything like that or can a game look quote unquote ugly and still be considered a great game Dwarf Fortress is on this list but do you think that's a great game no I don't think it's a great game and I don't think it deserves like I said I don't think it deserves to be in the top 100 uh, list when we talked about it last week but it's still in the top 100 games of all time um you know there are there are a lot of games on this list that you would say that game doesn't look amazing, but it's still here, and you know there's an argument for okay, well the reviews are from the time it came out and maybe it was a forerunner in its time in terms of graphics, but even then you just need to look at Dwarf Fortress, you need to look at Diablo or Company of Heroes, the I, I, old I, GTA games. Yeah, the old GTA like GTA three. Which again, terrible yeah. In comparison, now it looks awful. But again, we're going off reviews from the year two thousands, which when it was you know, when it was new and shiny. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I I don't think that you need incredible graphics to to make it like an amazing game or to make a top one hundred game. Um, it's nice and it helps and it's it's always much more pleasant to play a game that is basically eye candy. But I don't think it's essential. Um, you know, I'd argue, although I love the art style of Disco Elysium, I don't think that the graphics in that game are particularly impressive. I think it looks good, and I think the art style very much suits the kind of game that it is. Uh, you know, very, very morose and very grim. But I don't think graphics are important, but I think art style is, is the conclusion I come to with that question. I think... Um... What you just said there about Disco Elysium is a good example because some games, the graphical style that they have um, really suits what they're doing. Yeah. And when the graphics feed into that and create this whole, along with other elements, 
when everything kind of meets nicely in the middle, I think you can achieve greatness. And I think a lot of very good games have graphics that support the story that they're trying to tell or what they're trying to achieve. Um, or an art style. I don't think all games do. I think there are always outliers to the rule. Yeah, of course. Um, and some of the games you mentioned, for example, um, The Last of Us 2. I think the story that that's telling with the incredible facial animation and the emotion and the cutscenes that you just want to watch. Similarly, Metal Gear Solid 4. Um, I think the visuals really support the games there. And I don't think... Um, I don't think by any means that those games wouldn't be here. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard question because... Yeah. It's like you've got a three-legged stool and you take away one of the legs. That's there. And it's it kind of forms the whole. And it's very hard to imagine that being taken away and imagining, for example... Yeah. Um, the last, the Last of Us Part Two with Tomb Raider One graphics. It's 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 hard for me to. Well, oh, that that sounds awesome in my head. You know, like um, there, there is a YouTube channel called uh, something Demake or something. D-Make, where they yes, yeah. Um, but someone did that, but they actually released a demo of Bloodborne, of Bloodborne, but with PS One graphics. Someone made that demo, and people played it. I said, oh no, it's still great. Um, so I, I don't always think that you need, good, I, I don't think graphics are important, but I think art style absolutely is. I yeah, think it's essential. Uh, yeah. I think, um, art style tends to age better than graphics. Yes. Um, so you've got games that were really cutting edge in terms of graphics at the time, like Uncharted 1. Um, but now looks they, they released the remaster and it looks a lot nicer than the original Uncharted 1, but there are still elements of that game that are definitely from the year that it was released. Well, it's why Ocarina of Time has aged, but Wind Waker hasn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, also arguably because of the Nintendo 64 and just the the way that that console was built. Um, But certainly Twilight Princess has aged not quite as well as uh, Wind Waker visually. Um, So yeah... it's an interesting question, and it's 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 quite hard to answer. Tis. Um, but yeah, I think the best way to talk about it is is with examples of games. Um, okay, shorter episode this time. On to our wrap up for this game. Does Ori and the Will of the Wisps deserve to be on the list? No, I don't think so. I I think it's a, it's a fine game and it's a good game, but I don't think it's. I don't think the way that it looks warrants the fact that it should be in the top 100. And I will steal that that phrase of look pretty and do as little as possible. That's what I feel about this game. It was fine and it was fun. And I think people, listeners that haven't played it, would enjoy playing it. It's a good time. But beneath beneath the makeup and the, you know, the, the art around it, I just think it's just a, a standard platformer. But, you know, quite fun. So I would say no. What would you say? It's a it's a weird game for me. I, I feel like at times it has a bit of an identity crisis. Yeah. Um, I love the visuals. I also love the simple but quite 
beautiful story it's trying to tell. Yeah. It's a very, very childlike story of this spirit that's trying to save his owl friend. And when uh, when I got to the point where the, the owl was injured, that was a sweet and a sad moment. And it did it really well. Conversely, you've got a game that the difficulty spikes quite a lot in places. There's another boss which... Um, the difficulty really spikes. Um, that was Mr. Blobby. Um, yeah, of course. I thought that would be coming out there. I'd not mentioned him yet, so I thought you were probably going to bring him up in this section. There, there genuinely was another boss. I think he's called Corlock. He's the, the frog that you speak to a lot. Uh, at, at one point, yeah. he's in a boss battle. And yeah, that took a few tries as well. And a lot of people I've seen online were uh, frustrated at that boss battle. So it's it's almost like, does it want to be this game with i wouldn't say celeste level difficulty because no it's not as hard as celeste yeah um but but this game with a steep difficulty curve doesn't necessarily play nicely with the story that it's trying to tell and those visuals which probably appeal to a lot of children yeah um but i can't imagine that many children got to the worm uh chase scene and thought oh this is just wonderful yeah so, yeah, I think it has a bit of an identity crisis and I'd like to see some of those elements just smoothed out a bit. It's not to say that this game doesn't need difficult bits. It can have them, but it's just having that smooth difficulty curve rather than those peaks and troughs. Go away and work out what you, you are. Yourself, yeah, or f- where, you, where you find yourself in the middle of something with no checkpoints and going a bit crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a flaw uh, against the game. Um. I don't think it deserves to be here. I think I, I agree with you. Celeste is a better game. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason for that is kind of like I was alluding to with my conversation about visuals. The, the gameplay of that game really serves the story it's trying to tell. The story it's trying to tell is about overcoming adversity, about a character with depression that's trying to overcome her own demons and you see that manifest in the visuals you see that manifest in the gameplay and in the challenge as quite literally you climb the mountain and because of that celeste is a beautiful game but i don't feel like hori quite gets there that's not to say it won't get there in a a sequel yeah but for me i don't feel like it quite gets there I would also be interested, would you mind checking this for me? Yeah. Um, what the original release of Ori and the Will of the Wisps on the Xbox, um, what score that received? Yes, I will have a Because I think there's an interesting element here. It was released on the Switch in 2020 and it got this very high score. And form factor plays a part sometimes in the score a game gets. So... Xbox One, it got 90%, and Xbox Series X, it got 92%. Okay, so not far off. No, very close. But the Switch version was the one that made its way onto the list. 93%, yeah. Yeah, so obviously critics are saying that the Switch and the form factor of the Switch and the ability to play handheld is a good place for Ori. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I don't think it deserves to be here. But as I say, maybe a sequel will get here. Yeah, 
Perhaps. It's an interesting game. Yeah. I. And as I say, I will finish it. Um, I don't have very strong thoughts about it, to be honest. I don't know if you do. Not really. It feels like occasionally we play games on this list that kind of pass us by a little bit. And this one feels like one of those. It's not a nothing game, but it just feels like it, it was there and it was just another game for us to cover rather than something that we massively got invested in or, or had strong feelings on. It's just kind of a, meh, yeah, it was all right. But that's about it, you know? Personally, I prefer Metroid Dread, so... <laughs> yes. I'll play that again instead. Quite. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, so what have we got coming up next time on the list? Persona 4 Golden. It's... Yes, uh, already... Uh, as as mentioned, one. yes, quite. I've, uh, I've start- have you started it yet? I haven't started it, so... Um, I wouldn't confirm a date for release yet because it'll be about like two weeks. I think, won't it? Yeah, I would like to get as far as I can in this game because um, you're you're from the way you're talking about it. I think you're enjoying it, and it's pretty good. Um, and we've obviously we, we both obviously enjoyed Persona Five a lot, so I don't want to. I want to give the this episode the time that it needs. Yes, I, I think we can safely say that the episode won't be out next week. Um, no, but we'll no, be aiming for the week after. Um, yeah. But yes, that should be an interesting episode, um, particularly with my feelings on Persona 5 Royal. I, like, like we said at the time, I finished it, and then I immediately restarted it and platinumed it, which I never do. So I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Persona 4 so far, so we shall see how it continues to move. But... Yeah. Yeah, as usual, you can get to us on social media with the Long and Short of It podcast. You can email us at the Long and Short, uh, long and short of It podcast at hotmail.com. And as always, tell a pet or a random bumblebee that you meet in the street about our podcast. And hopefully they will also appreciate it. But that is all from me for this week. Is there anything else from yourself? No, that's all from me. Then we shall see you in about two weeks for Persona 4 Golden. In the meantime, take care. Cheerio. See you on the next one.